There was nothing happening. (laughs) It was really like a wasteland. There was no businesses. It was not trendy. But I figured, okay, I'd see the potential. I knew it was on the waterfront. And like my grandmother, I just wanted something to call my own. You're listening to Financial Grown-Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money. But it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown-up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, grown-up friends. This is going to be a very special episode of the Financial Grown-Up Podcast because we're going to be revisiting an episode that in the context of all that is going on these days for many of us, and you'll understand what I mean in a minute, this episode really takes on new meaning to me, and also it probably will to many of you. The interview was conducted back in 2018, not that long after, first of all, after this podcast started, but also not long after I had met my friend Jamila Souffrant. Some of you may know her as the host of the popular Journey to Launch podcast. So Jamila and I had been paired up as mentor and mentee. Hard to believe I was the mentor because I've obviously learned quite a bit from her. Anyway, we were paired up at a professional conference and we bonded immediately. I loved her ambition and I related to the fact that we both had bought real estate at very young ages. Jamila and I are also both moms. In fact, she was pregnant with her third when we met and we both have worked really hard to set up careers that allow us to be both moms that are hands-on involved and also working women. And that is a connection that is rare. I've had a lot of these mentor-mentee pairings since then, and none have really grown into not only the friendship that we now have, but also the professional support that we have and continue to give each other. The most recent collaboration is that Jamila is one of our guest co-host thought leaders on the current season of my Money with Friends podcast that some of you hopefully listen to. You guys should check it out. I host it with Joe Saul Sihai, and we have a rotating cast of thought leaders that also share the spotlight with us. Jamila and each of them are on once, I should say two episodes every month. Now, when we asked Jamila to be part of the show, it was based on the fact that I knew her to be smart, engaging, and truly talented, and also just a friend. But the recent attention given to the Black Lives Matter movement has also made me think more about how Jamila's experiences as a Black woman are often so different from mine as a white woman. In the episode where we discuss our real estate experiences, again, recorded in 2018, we talk about the real estate experience. But as you will see, one area we didn't really focus on, maybe we should have. I'll discuss it more after the interview. Here is Jamila Souffrant. Jamila Souffrant, welcome. You are a financial grown-up. I'm so excited you're here. I'm excited to be here, Bobby. And we have a special bond because we were connected through FinCon, where I signed up to be a mentor, and we were matched up, especially because you are doing a lot of really cool stuff in the media. You have an awesome website called Journey to Launch. And also, you were nominated for Best New Podcast. So congratulations. Tell us about that. Thank you. So I started Journey to Launch originally just to be a sounding board for my personal journey to reach financial freedom and independence. I created a goal in which I wanted to retire early, quit my corporate job. And I said, you know, if I put it on the Internet, 
it will make it happen because I'd have to be accountable. And as I started to share my story, people wanted to hear more and learn how I was saving as much as I was saving and doing what I was doing. And so I turned it more into how can I help others, which is what I'm doing now. So I do that through the blog. I do that through coaching. And then the podcast, uh, which I started a little over six months ago now, is really ha- has been my main driving force of delivering content and information about how to reach financial freedom practical tips and steps. And then of course, sharing my journey along the way. And your journey, just tell us a little bit about that because you've got kids, you've got another one on the way, you've got a full-time job, a husband, there's a lot going on. There is a lot going on. So I have a full-time job still, but I do journey to launch as my second full-time job. (laughs) And it's really my passion. It's something I hope to do full-time one day, but I'm married. I have two small kids, three and a half, one and a half and expecting. And so as you can imagine, Bobby, my life is pretty hectic. (laughs) One thing that I did as a young adult, and I talk about this in, in my book, is I bought real estate at a very young age but I was already out of college. You were thinking about this your senior year in college. Tell me your financial grown-up story. When I was in college, I got this bright idea that I wanted to own real estate. And I'll tell you how I got this idea. So I am a daughter of immigrant. My mother and grandmother came here from Jamaica, the island, when I was young. What my grandmother managed to do with as little as she had was save up enough over the years. Now, it took her a while to do it, but to save up enough to buy a home. I witnessed that. I witnessed the hard work she did. I witnessed the hard work my mother did. And she bought a home actually in Fort Greene, Brooklyn. So if anyone, maybe if you're not familiar, Fort Greene, Brooklyn is really nowadays, it's like, you know, one of the most trendiest places to live in Brooklyn. But back then when she bought it, it wasn't really that desirable. So she did get it at a good price. And so while I was growing up, I saw that. And by the time I hit college, the real estate market was booming. And my grandmother, who knows nothing about real estate, became like this little real estate mogul. So for me, that was such a turning point. And I said to myself, I want to be able to do that. If my grandmother can do this, I surely, with all you know, the platform I was given from their hard work, can do something. And so when I was in college, I started thinking about, okay, I want to buy something. And I wanted to buy something. I wanted to buy a brownstone in Fort Greene or Bed-Stuy where I was accustomed to living for most of my life. The only reason I even thought I could do this was I had a well-paying internship where I had started to save 90% of my checks. So you were out so partying I, with a buddy. Right. So for like three, three, four years, I had this internship. I was saving, saving everything. So I had a good chunk of money while I was in college. So that's what gave me the bright idea that, that this was even going to be possible. But I just couldn't afford anything. I saw this advertisement for this new development like in Dumbo, Brooklyn, which at the time was not the Dumbo Dumbo stands for down under the Manhattan Bridge overpass for anyone who's not in New York. And at the time when I was looking uh, to buy, it was not the Dumbo it is today. And I saw an advertisement and they had condos that started like in the mid 300s, which for still at that time was a lot for me, but it was way less than a brownstone. And so pre-construction, I went to the office with my mom and saw, you know, the layout and all these plans. And really, again, Dumbo was not what it is today. There was nothing happening. (laughs) It was really like a wasteland. There was no businesses. It was not trendy. But I figured, okay, I see the potential. I knew it was on the waterfront. 
And like my grandmother, I just wanted something to call my own. And so I put down to save the cheapest apartment. So on the list, it was the cheapest apartment (laughs) that I could afford or that they had available. I put down um, my 10%, which is what I had at the time. And they said in two years, so it's going to take about two years to build this condo. You're going to need to have your additional 10% and you're going to need to have your closing costs. But I knew, so I knew that I was graduating from college at the time. So I I knew that I was going to have a job because where I interned offered me a full-time job. And my mother being gracious and just being so supportive, she was like, you can live with me as long as you want. Just save all your money so you can do this. And so I graduated with my job. I had this now, you know, contract in place where this apartment would be mine as long as I could close on it. Bless my mom. She also actually gifted me. So as much as she didn't have, she still was able to give me a couple thousand dollars to help with the first 10%, which was amazing. It is amazing. And I'm glad that you took it because a lot of people think it's not a grown up move to take money from your parents, especially early in life like that. Take the money if they can afford it, please. They want you to be financially independent. Right. It was also like she was so proud. Like like my mom was a single mom. I, you know, I don't know if I mentioned that. So she was a single mom. She had me at 20 and she worked her butt off when she came here, like, you know, two minimum wage jobs, went to school. And so for her, even just giving me a couple thousand dollars to help towards this down payment of like this home was one of her biggest, just, it was like a proud moment for her. So she helped me in that way. And then she also helped me because I was able to live with her while saved up enough money to put the other 10% down at closing in two years and the closing costs. So, and by the way, really, wait, I just want to point out yeah. living with your parents to save money for a down payment purposefully with a deadline is also a very grown up thing to do that a lot of people may look down on because they think, Oh, I'm living with my parents. That's not a grown up thing. It is absolutely. If you have a purpose with a deadline like that, do it. By the time I was ready to close, I had the money saved. I had an extra buffer also saved to be able to, you know, cover anything I couldn't cover with my income. But I also knew that I was a hard worker and that I would be able to make more money in my job as I went along, which is what happened. So things got a little bit more comfortable. And so that has been my biggest, not only financial risk, but my biggest financial success, because now Dumbo is one of the most expensive places to own real estate in New York. Do you still own the apartment? I still own the apartment. Wow. And I rent it out and I'll probably never sell it, even though I've gotten offers for people to buy it. But for me, it's such an emotional attachment that so it's really not even a business move at this point. It's just an emotional attachment of this is what I was able to accomplish. And you know what? I Maybe this is where my husband and I retire to. Maybe this is what I want to give my kids with. They want to live there and share, you know, a room uh, <laughs> if they're going to school in the city. I don't know. But I want to be able to have this in my family as um, part of my legacy. I love that story. Okay, so what is your lesson? So my lesson is to not make your circumstance determine your course of action or what you can do in life. Because again, I wasn't born into money. And even at the time when I found this opportunity, I was not necessarily like prepared for it. But I knew that I, I knew what I wanted out of life. And so despite not necessarily having them all the money right away. I knew that if I worked hard enough, if I was smart about it, I could save, I could accumulate the money to be able to accomplish this. And so I would say, despite wherever you are in your life, with your finances, with your circumstances, despite how you grew up, you can make changes, you can do something different. 
Give us a personal money tip. I feel like you probably have something really good that you and your family do that maybe our listeners can put into action right away. Okay, so this is really, really simple and seems like not a big deal. But whenever we go out, I do not order. If it's a non, non-alcoholic drinks, I do not buy outside. Like there's no way. So, you know, you sit down at a restaurant and they ask you if you want tap or sparkling. Tap will do just fine. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't feel, you know, cheap or whatever um, when they ask me that. Sodas, things like that. Things that to me, like I can get at the store for a dollar or 50 cents, I'm not going to buy at a restaurant for $4. And again, it seems so small, but it's really not about the price. It's more about the principle and then just training your mind to be intentional and just stop those little leaks of money when you don't have to really spend it. I also think it sets a really good example for children if when you go to meals, you just have water. And I know my son has gotten used to just having water because it's healthier also. Yeah, that's another thing. And that's probably the best reason. It's just, yeah, healthier. Exactly. Awesome. Thank you so much. You've been a wonderful guest. I feel like I learned a lot and I'm so proud of you. I'm excited to come visit you in 30 years in that apartment and see how it's going because <laughs> I feel like you're going to hang on to that thing forever and it's a good thing. So thank you. Thanks, Bobby. Okay, everyone, back to 2020. I think it's pretty obvious. I never asked her. I didn't really think to ask her. Well, what was it like as a black woman to buy real estate? Did you face different obstacles than I did? Were there challenges in getting financing that might have been different from my experience? You get the picture. Well, I did get to ask her those questions and much more in the Money with Friends episode that we released on Tuesday, June 16th. We will leave a link to it in the show notes. I hope all of you flip on over now to listen And then subscribe to both podcasts and also, of course, subscribe to Jamila's podcast, Journey to Launch. And check out in particular, she did a recent episode on the black tax, which is very interesting. So make sure to listen to Jamila's episode on the black tax. Thank you, by the way, to Jamila. She was an episode very early on in this podcast when it was still in its infancy. It's hard to believe we're getting close to 300 episodes. Who should I have on, guys? Please DM me at BobbyRebel1 on Instagram, at Bobby Rebel on Twitter. You can also email the Financial Grown-Up team at hello at financialgrownup.com. And of course, please subscribe to the Grown-Up list. It is free. You can get there by going to bobbyrebel.com and just sign up to be on the Grown-Up list. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Journey to Launches, Jamila Zufrant. She definitely got us closer to being financial grown-ups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.